Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. All right, everyone. This is episode 24 of Sex with My Grandma. Uh, I'm Liv Simons, and I'm joined by Ruth Simons, my beautiful grandma. Hey, Bubba, how you going? Good. Yeah, always good. We have a bit of announcement for everyone. This is actually going to be our second last episode for the year. We're loving doing this podcast so much and the feedback that we get from you is honestly so refreshing and so positive and we love it. But we're going to take a bit of a break over Christmas, New Year and come back with some really cool new interesting topics and ideas for next year. But In saying that, next week is going to be a whole episode dedicated to listener questions. So I'll put up a little question box on my Instagram later this week. So please, please drop us your questions and anything you want to run by Bubba or run by me before the end of the year. If you've got any questions before hot girl summer or hot boy summer or hot a summer, whatever it want to be, um, starts, please let us know because we're so excited to do another listener question episode. But in saying that, Second last episode of the year. It makes me a little bit sad. Like I've had so much fun doing this this year and it's been a real journey for us. I know. Um, But we're really excited because tonight we've got some great topics. We're going to be covering um, threesomes, foursomes and more. And then (laughs) fivesomes, eightsomes, orgies. No, I'm kidding. And um, then actually going to be covering um, a really interesting topic of um, freezing your eggs as a woman. But I think we should start off with um, threesomes, foursomes plus because off the back of our um, podcast, we did an episode on how to spice things up or get your groove back after being in a long-term relationship. A lot of people messaged me with a question of what are Booba's thoughts on introducing a third party into the relationship to spice things up. So what are your what are your thoughts on introducing additional parties and open open relationships to get the you know get things a bit spicy again, Bubba? Okay, I'll go on to that one second because there was another question about how awkward people feel about talking about sex. So if we've got yeah, time totally. to that in tonight as well, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so my my thoughts on introducing a third person into a relationship is slowly changing simply because of the dynamics of what is changing in my room. Up till quite recently, all research has shown that when you have open relationships, polyamorous relationships, long-term they don't work. The success rate is very, very poor of long-term relationships. But I literally have had more – I have seen more couples break down in my office this year than I have probably in the last five years in my career. And I – first of all, I put it down to COVID, but now I don't believe it is COVID. I just think it's people's attitude to what I think COVID might have done. I think it has – 
the whole world is frightened with what is happening and I think people are starting to fear the future, not know where, not knowing where the future is going. And so a lot of people are saying, I don't know whether I want to stay with this person for the rest of my life uh, because I don't know what the rest of my life yeah, is I going to look like. I completely agree. And so I, I feel like yes. just from my perspective, yes. there's been yes. – it goes one or two ways. Either relationships mm. have been completely mm. – you know, cemented and become so rock solid or they've gone the complete other way and yeah. compl- and broken down. Yeah. And I find it really interesting to – obviously you're going to be seeing a lot more people that are dealing with breakdowns rather than successes because, you know. Yeah, well, if people are unhappy, they're, they're at a point where they're literally saying that I think I'd rather – in our relationship now so that I do have a chance to have more happiness because I I don't know where the world is going and I want to, I want happiness in my life at the moment because everybody's searching for it because there's so much fear and sadness around but as far as the threesome goes it's it's been the forever fantasy of every most I think males. a lot of females like <laughs> I I I'm really curious. Like, I've never had one. I'm going to put myself out there. But I would totally be open to it if the opportunity Mm -hmm. arose. But I don't think I'd go out and plan it. Like, I feel like if it naturally happened, I'd be open to it. Right. I wouldn't. You're not open to threesomes, Bubba? Sorry to crush everyone's dreams. No. Sorry. I'm too old for this sort of thing. But um... No such thing as being too old. I think you're in your prime. <laughs> so, but the thing is that what I guess I where where the statistics showed that when you bring a third person into the relationship, it can be a real killer unless it's done properly. And I don't know whether our demographic of people that listen to our podcasts are the people that grew up with Sex in the yeah, City. Yeah, we've got really a, quite a young and, listener base, so I would say everyone's pretty familiar with Sex in the City. Okay, so one one of the best and funniest nights was when, and I can't remember the names, the beautiful Miranda. red-headed one, no, Sam, no, is Miranda. that her name? Mar- Miranda? Okay, so she decides she's going to have a threesome with her boyfriend and she brings a girl in and she was really excited about it. She couldn't wait for it to happen. And the next thing is the, the three of them are in the bedroom the boyfriend is going hell to tongue with this new girl on the bed and she's sitting at the end of the bed almost crying because he's totally ignoring her. I actually feel her. like this is Charlotte. I remember <laughs> and- getting up and walking away. But let's be honest, most of the Sex and the City characters have had some sort of multiple partner so, encounter. Well, whoever it was. But that scene is exactly what happens and what used to happen so Someone always reasons. feels left out, like literally through is the that- crowd. Three is a crowd, and and if the guy is that stupid that he makes a bigger fuss of the new bird in the bed, and forgets the his partner, she's going to she feels very rejected. And but what about out. when it's two guys and um, a girl? Um, two guys and the girls. Uh, well, a lot of guys are now setting that up, and and this is the difference that I'm hearing in my room. I cannot believe how many people are now telling me that they're bisexual, mm. men and women, and that because they are 
saying that they are bisexual, they're very open to having threesomes. And I don't know if that's the case because there's no research on it that, and long-term research to see how well that works. Because when, when somebody tells me that they're bisexual, I, I always say, does your, hus- does your partner know? that you are and they'll say yes of course and vice you know if it doesn't matter whether it's a male or a female um so if they come into the relationship stating that they are bisexual um whether they bring a third person into the bedroom would be a different story to if there's a heterosexual couple that decide they want to bring a third person Mm. into the bedroom as well and so i just think that the, the the whole sexual world is there's two types of people in our sexual world today. There are still the very shy and people who are scared of the word mm-hmm. sex um, and those who are getting, that sound more like you, <laughs> who are very open, <laughs> open and out there about their sexuality and very proud to be sexual and talk about it as openly as you do and admit that they are bisexual and that um, it could enhance the relationship if they are both bisexual and uh, are open to it. On the other hand, if they're a heterosexual couple and one person is coerced into bringing a third person into the bedroom and it's not a fully consensual story, then it's a little bit like the sex in the city scene where the third person sits at the end of the bed feeling very So it's rejected. kind of like they're doing it just to appease their partner. But you said earlier that yes. there mm. is a proper way of doing this. So say they're at someone's in a long-term relationship, they want to spice it up and bring a third party. Obviously it needs to be consensual mm. and something they agree, <clears throat> the couple agrees upon mutually, but how would you say like mm. a proper... How would you do this properly? What's a proper way to engage in a threesome in a long-term relationship? Okay, well, the the person whether if if it's if it's two women and the guy, then the guy has to show his partner as much attention as he shows the new person. Okay. And what and what happens of course is where where guys really get off is watching the two girls getting off together. Yeah. And so, so it's like that voyeurism a lot, element that they love it. Yeah. So the voyeurism element is it the 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 girl the, the female's not going to get jealous um or feel insecure if she's having it off with the other mm. woman and the husband's sitting back enjoying the moment it's like watching a floor yeah. show. So and and I think that if if at the end of the day it's a win-win situation for the three people in the room, then it will work. But if one person feels that that they have been left out or rejected, that's um, going to start breaking down and actually doing more damage than good. So when you have a guest star, would you recommend it being a stranger or someone you know and trust? I think both. Either could work. Either could work. In fact, I know someone, I know a few couples who have had threesomes for many years with a close friend and it's been a consensual thing with the three of them. 
Um, I know a couple of quite a few couples that have done that and it's lasted for years. Hey, if it works, <laughs> it works. I think that's great. It works. Okay, so basically, yes. long story short, if you mm. want to look to bring an additional third or fourth party into your relationship, it can work if done correctly, yes. consensually, yes. and um, you give equal amounts of attention to new and existing parties. Right. Yes. Yes. Do you ever do yes. you ever suggest it as a as a way to no you're already shaking your head no, at me. No. <laughs> no. She's already shaking her head no. at me. I can see it. She's like, no, shush live. No, because I have to be very careful ethically in my practice as to what I suggest. I don't though. <laughs> I, you, you don't. I do. And I would never suggest it. I I, I suggest lots of games and toys. dressing ups and mm. toys and uh, I, I can I suggest all that but I would never suggest um, a third person right. no well I guess this kind of leads mm. quite nice and you touched on this earlier as another question that came through as you know someone asked um, they asked us how to approach the topic of sex and asking for their one in the bedroom and they feel quite awkward about it even though they're very in love with their partner and they feel very comfortable with them for some reason there's still this kind of barrier for this person and I'm sure a lot of people don't know how to ask for what they want or tell their partner what they want in bed. How do you tackle something like that? Especially, Mm. I would say, especially just from a female's perspective, male egos can be bruised quite easily. Like how do you bring this up if you're feeling a bit awkward? Um, Is the question about bringing up about the third person or just talking about sex in general? Anything they wanted. It could be a threesome. It could be just like my clit's actually over here. Like – or okay. I want you to yeah. stick your finger yeah. in my butt. Like just bringing okay. up stuff like that. Okay. So, again, uh, there are people who would rather talk about dying than sex. That, they is, so, so... that is so grim. <laughs> They'd rather plan their funeral than plan their <laughs> orgasm. Exactly. And, they're, they're, you know, it comes to light, oh, God, sometime – this year a couple walked into my room and they they came in with a sexual problem and I I think I turned around to the woman and said do you have orgasms when you have sex and she went bright red and she said I hate talking about that word that word even she say sex I wouldn't say wouldn't orgasm. even say it and I said to her so did you come here willingly like did did are you? Did your husband coerce you to come are here? Are you coerced into therapy? <laughs> and yes, and she said, I, I, I sort of came willingly. And I said, well, did you? You know, you came here with a sexual problem, and she said, yes, but I hate talking about it. And Can I ask what it, the problem was? Is that allowed? It was something about sexual discrepancy in the relationship. Mm. So maybe mismatched libidos or something like that. Yeah, mm. and so. I said to her, um, she said, it, I, I find it embarrassing. I, can, I said, I can see that you've literally gone red talking about it. And I said, is there anything that I've said to you that's embarrassing you? She said, no, I just don't want to talk about it. And she got up and walked out of the room. Oh, wow. And, and I never saw them again. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is this is really interesting because – some people are just most couples seriously find it so difficult to talk about what they really want and need sexually and 
when they do, when I, you know, give them homework and I say, now I'll go, I want you to go home and maybe discuss this or talk about that. Um, they, they say they, they start justifying. So, and then they end up having an, an argument so that people stop talking about their sexual needs to each other because it actually brings up um, um, the couples then become defensive with each other. Mm. They hear, they hear that what they're doing isn't good enough, and yeah. so they they feel, they feel criticised. It, it feels so, like a personal attack rather than yes. this is yeah. what I need from the, from you. How yes. can I please you in return? Yes. So my so what I do now is when I get couples like that and they just cannot talk open. Although I do, my job is to get them to talk openly about sex in the room, which I get them to do. And they say, you make it sound so easy. And I said, because I, I'm i not emotional about it. I, I talk very objectively about sex. Like, And I say, what sort of work do you do? And he say, he's an electrician. And I'll say, well, you, I talk about sex the way you talk about your electrical trade. I said, it, and that's how you should be able to talk about sex with each other. <laughs> I said, you should be that open and honest. Literally. Yeah. And so when, when you go home, this is what I want you both to do. I want you to write down five things that you would both like to have done to yourself during sex that you're not getting right now. I love this. So if yes. you don't feel comfortable saying it, Right, right then. Hold on, not finished yet. Not finished. Oh my god, I'm the queen of cutting you off. Yes, I'm cutting you off. You're cutting me off. So then I say, I want you to swap your your uh, notes to each other, and the deal is that you read what the person says. You go through it one by one, and you you're not allowed to say anything to each other than yes, I'd love to do that, or no, I won't do that. That's and also that means like nothing nonverbal. So no rolling the eyes, no, no negative body no. language. Unless mm-hmm. it's positive and you're super into it, go yes, for gold, yeah. I would say. I'd love but to it, but I'd I, love that. Uh, yes. yes. Or no, I will never do that or I can't do that. And then right. I say, and then bring your list to me next week at our next session <laughs> and let's talk about it. And, and and Do you find that they're, just in your experience, do you find that they're writing like completely – basic stuff or like are you finding they're writing some really freaky fetish shit some sometimes people uh not freaky fetish but sometimes they <laughs> a little bit fetish uh is fine yes and, and, and a little bit very kink, normal a little bit kinky um and, i feel like everyone has a kink yeah sometimes um not everyone <laughs> Most people have vanilla sex, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I make all my friends do the BDSM test. I think I've talked about this on my other podcast. Um, but I'm just I get so curious just to know what everyone's like yep. into. And apparently I'm into bondage. <laughs> Are you? Are you really you like, you like being tied up, do you? <laughs> I and I think I'm both. I'm called a switch, so I like being dominated and dominating, and then under that I've got like rope bunny. It means I like Anyway, one of my really good friends is a brat tamer, which is apparently like someone who likes to like put people in their place and like, you know, really come in as like that sassy. Anyway, do the test. It's very interesting. You learn a lot about yourself and your friends. Well, I haven't got a partner. So what what do you do? I'll do it with you. I'll read your BDSM test. 
You have to give me this BDSM test. Not for me. I just want to try it on my part, on my clients. Actually, sounds good to me. Actually, it's interesting. But but you're, back to you're like asking <laughs> asking for a friend here. <laughs> I might put out an advertisement. <laughs> a volunteer. <laughs> anyway, for for a partner. <laughs> no, just for the BDSM test. Um, I'm sure I'll get a lot. You don't need a partner. You just do it on your own. Oh, seriously? (laughs) It's one of these question and answer things. Yeah, it just tells you what you're into. Seriously? It's online, is it? Yeah, I'll send it to you. If anyone else is interested, let me know and I'll send Uh, it on. But I think it's like bdsmtest.org or something like that. Okay, so and and then if none of of the buzzers come back and say you're just into vanilla sex... Yeah, vanilla sex is at a category. Okay, I'm sure that's where I'll, I'm sure yeah. that's where I'll feature. So just <laughs> just, just send it, send it because I'm interested in it now. Okay, I will. I okay. Will. See, I'm learning from you, Liv. Yeah, oh my I God, know. What a turn! I know. <laughs> I know. So as as part about the awkwardness, um, about talking about sex, I also get, um people that come in and tell me that they're they they're very they can't talk about sex because there's a lot of shame attached to it and yeah. then I I'll say well where did the sh- where do you, did you first feel shame and for example I had a client months ago who was felt very shamed because she was brought up in a religious family who told her that sex was sinful and shameful and you don't do it before you get married so she's had shame 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 you know pushed it from day one and I said but so why do you feel shameful today in your relationship and she said because I actually did have sex before I got married and I got drunk one night and I had sex and and that it's affected her relationship because when she has sex with her partner, all she does is feel shame. Yeah. Okay, so right. I'll tell you how I fixed her. So I got her to – You fixed I, her I, or you I, helped her? I fixed her shame. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I fixed okay. her. So God, I, I got you. her to pull up a chair and I said, okay, so if your God was sitting in front of you right now, what would he look like? And she Oh, this is yes, very gestalt is. therapy. Because I love you. gestalt therapy, you know that. And so yeah, you do, yeah. she described God like you would imagine a painting of Jesus, you know, with a beautiful white robe and silver hair. And I said, okay, so I want you to ask, tell your God that you feel very shamed that you had sex before marriage. And so she did. I said, now I want you to sit in God's chair. And what would God say? And of course, God is always, it doesn't matter what religion you are, God is always forgiving and loving and, you know, and says lots of affirmations about what a being, being a good person and that shame should not be there, but to continue like your life as a good person. So I said, okay, so where did you get these messages from? She said, I said, just tell me who's standing behind this loving, caring person that's giving you all these messages of shame. And she said, my mother, my grandmother, and the priest. <laughs> and I said, so oh. 
because the That's reality is that the handmaidens of God, the priests, the grandmothers and the mothers, that they're the ones that are, are the critical parents who are telling the congregation that doing all of this is shameful, not not the actual messages from the Bible itself. So I think the realisation for her was the shame came down through the bloodline of Nana and Mama. <laughs> and that she Right. Yes. And also I don't yes. know I don't know sorry, I cut you off. I don't know mm. if you agree with this, mm. but I think that if it ever comes mm. down to feelings of awkwardness or not being comfortable with sexuality or mm. your own sexuality, even your own genitals or body, you really have to learn your to love yourself, your body and learn to self-pleasure, learn to like really feel your body and, in, and enjoy that kind of feeling to be able to experience it with someone else it's, as it's well. It's an absolute must. But that's one of the questions that I ask most of my couples is do they masturbate without each other? Mm. And I, I, nearly every woman, when I say do you masturbate, they almost turn red in front of me when I use that word. That's that's a forbidden word still. Mm. And yeah, and so there's still so much shyness and awkwardness about the subject. Mm. Yeah. Actually, mm. on taboo topics, I think this is a really nice way to lead into this, but egg freezing is something that I feel like a lot of females yeah. don't mm. talk about or don't feel like they're safe to talk about yeah. amongst mm. men, their friends, sometimes, yeah. like, sometimes even their family. It depends, but I... I'm a very big mm. advocate for doing what's right for you. And if you feel, and don't get me wrong, like the egg freezing is something that I've thought about and considered. I'm 31 and single with absolutely, it's not really in the pipeline for me at the moment. I'm very like, very busy. I think, I think you're very mean because I want to be a great but, grandmother. So hurry up and find someone, please. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll do my best. Look, it's not, it's not, okay. not on the cards. It's just not happening right now. But I think, like, look, if someone came along, great. But at the moment, like, I'm very happy doing my own thing. But egg freezing is something that my friends and I kind of put on the table as something that we – is it something we should be considering? Mm. Is it something that women need to know more about? Like, what are your thoughts on women freezing their eggs? I highly recommend it. And um, and I recommend it to most women who are single, who are hitting the 30 mark. And I, I say to them, would you ever consider freezing your eggs? And, and most of them say yes. Yeah. And because they've thought about it. And I say, well, the sooner you do it, the better. Um, and I know it's very difficult if you haven't. Uh, there are couples who I recommend they do it because they're not ready to have a baby. And I say, well, do yourself a favor, go and uh, freeze your eggs for fertilize it with your partner's sperm and it becomes an embryo because you've got more chance of it being successful if there's an embryo yeah, there than just an egg then yeah just then just yeah. the egg um but if you haven't got um a partner and you just want to uh, your egg, a partner doing it yes yes i i really do um i i think that because i and and you don't even have to wait till you're 30. You could do it even when you're younger if you mm. want to, if you can't see that you've got a partner inside. And so, and sometimes I'll even ask my um, female clients if they don't have a partner, would they ever consider having a baby 
without a partner as a single mum. And a lot of a lot of women today do it. Agree. They're, they're quite happy yeah. to ha- have a baby on, you know, and be uh, a single mum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. reason this came up yeah. is because I was just recently chatting with a girlfriend of mine who's about to go through the process and she's doing it with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They're doing it together. One of them is just not feeling maternal at all, but is dating a younger guy and feels like, you know, it's an insurance policy. You never know what's going to happen down the track. And she's sure. recently single in her thirties starting a business she's very focused on her career and she's like definitely wants a family so she's like why wouldn't I and I think it's a very I think it's a courageous thing to do I think a lot of women kind of live in denial that their fertility can be at risk it's not something that you'd like to think about but I think it a lot of women also feel threatened to talk about it with potential partners or with you know other men in their life because it's almost that there's a stigma that there's something wrong with you and there's absolutely not See, I I haven't come across that, um, but I do say to girls who a, a lot of women suffer with endometriosis, and I really would like to talk about that one night, mm-hmm. um, and polycystic fibro- um, ovaries, um, ovaries mm-hmm. um, and they come in and tell me like, you know, how they suffer with those conditions. And even if they're very young, I say to them, would you consider freezing eggs at this stage so um, if their condition worsens, it makes it harder for them to fall pregnant? Yeah, which is the real so – it's I, such I, a I, tragedy. I, yes. It's awful. It's it so is. sad to yes. hear. And yes. especially yes. like, you know, very mm. young women dealing with all these health issues at, you know, such a young yeah. age, knowing that it's going to affect mm. their fertility. It's absolutely heartbreaking. So the fact that we have mm. the capability to go down the route of freezing eggs and have – you know, these options yeah. available, why on earth wouldn't we take them? I mean, it's, yes. a, it's your choice. Mm. It's up to everyone yeah. what they decide to do. But I mm. think personally, I don't think it's a bad idea. And <laughs> maybe you'll be having a hard but, word to me after this podcast. I will. But you know what? I, 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 we have to add this. It's not, it's not cheap. Um, I think it's $5,000. It's a $5,000 exercise. I'm actually not sure. I feel like there are different – oh, I think we froze for a sec. I think that there mm. are different, like, insurance policies in place these days and that might be something mm. to have a chat to about your GP and talk talk about your mm. options. But for anyone yeah. who has been considering it or ha- has had it on their mind, I think both yeah. Edward and I, me being an absolutely non-medical expert in any way, shape or form, just a, yes. just a, another mm. woman on the ground would say, go yeah. talk to your GP and figure out what your options are because, you know, there's yes. no harm in having a conversation and why yeah. not? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I've yet to come across any woman that I've mentioned it to that has said, no, they would never do it. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think most, uh, most women think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. especially just like mm. even me seeing like a lot of my friends mm. really struggling to get pregnant. And they're young, mm. they're healthy, they're like vibrant young couples going mm. through heartbreak of, you know, not conceiving. It's, it, mm. it really does like play into your mind. So for anyone who's yeah. out there thinking that they're alone in this, you're absolutely not. It's something that I feel like a lot of people think about but don't talk about. So don't be afraid yes. to open that conversation with people that you feel safe with. I'm amazed that you're saying that people are an- anxious about talking about it because I, I haven't found that at all. I don't know. Maybe it's just um, yes. like people think yeah. that there's some sort of stigma. Like as, as soon as you say you're freezing your eggs, like I 
for, for maybe for those people that aren't as educated or aren't as open minded mm. or not of like I don't know I don't know but there's definitely sometimes mm. like a stigma <clears throat> of being like mm. oh you're old or there's something wrong with you or mm. xyz so you've got to go down and take this insurance policy when all you're actually doing is being clever and like yeah. it's, it's, you insure your car you insure mm. your I don't know your you've got health insurance you insure all these mm. different things why wouldn't you insure your fertility yeah absolutely it's you just reminded me that I had a bit of day surgery a few weeks ago um, you were gonna say you had your eggs frozen <laughs> no no <laughs> they froze a long time ago <laughs> froze, froze to death it's a surprise um, pregnancy reveal <laughs> um and now there were two women sitting waiting uh to go and um have their eggs frozen it waiting in the room with me while I was while we were all waiting to go into day surgery <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like and yeah yes. like like the yeah. two girls that, that I yeah. know like how yeah. nice is it to go through the process because I know mm. that you do have to like insert like have daily injections and things like mm. that to mm. like you know build up your egg count to have them harvested mm. why not do it with a friend or with a partner like not a partner do it with someone that you you know care about if you're both thinking yeah. about it and go through the journey together I think it's very clever yeah. and I think these girls are very you know, switched on for doing it like this and being so open about it. And it and I, and I, I, it's really interesting because I think who, whoever made us up there made us all wrong. I mean, like we're women <laughs> <laughs> because, like, we had women have to freeze their eggs mm. to be able to have a baby, but guys, as long as they can get it up, can sire a baby till they're ninety. <laughs> That's what I mean. I feel like they just don't it says, get it. They don't get it, do they? <laughs> They don't get girls. I sometimes know. I feel like we got real a real shit end of the stick. <laughs> Period. Yeah, I know. Pregnancy, everything. Yeah. everything yeah. You know, being emotionally in touch. Empaths. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll leave it there. But um, all right, darling. that's everything from us yeah. tonight. And yeah. like I said, guys, this is our second last episode for the year, which we're very excited, but also very sad about as well. Yeah, but very excited to go away over the um new year break and come back with some really cool concepts and ideas for you next year um yes if you love our podcast please go on to apple Podcasts and do a rating and review if you ask for us and please share our content on socials and with your friends we love finding new listeners but looking forward to getting all your questions for the episode next week and yeah go freeze your eggs no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks Liv. i will <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.